It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Greetings and welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. I'd like to welcome my first guest to the show. It is a pleasure to have her in the studio. And I think we might hear a little bit uh, of a musical performance from her a little bit later. But for now, I'd like to welcome Elizabeth Rodriguez from the band Ocan, uh, which is, in their language, uh, means heart. They are a uh, powerful women-led Afro-Cuban band, ensemble, that is uh, up for Juno for their uh, debut album, Sombras, and uh, for the World Music Album of the Year uh, and congratulations to them on uh, on that, uh, which, uh, by the way, the Junos go in uh, Saskatoon on March 14th. Elizabeth, welcome, Hi. and so, so great you're here. So happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me this in this time. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate that uh, is, uh, you're... Magdalis, yeah, yes, she's, yeah, she has uh, other compromises today, mm. and uh, it was really hard to switch that. But yeah, no thank worries. you so much for having me. Well, she's with us in spirit. Yes, she is. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, listen, tell us a little bit. I have to tell you, and for those people that are listening, mm-hmm. if you want to check uh, a little bit about the band online, you can go to your yes. band, yeah. uh, Okan Music. Uh, Okan Mus- Musica, which Musica? is music yep. in mm-hmm. Spanish. You mm-hmm. just put an A at the end, yeah. uh, dot com. Okay. And Okan, you write it with K, O-K-A-N. Yeah. And uh, you can see some of their performances that they have up online. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to tell you that I was very, very intrigued when I went to not only to the website, but to to get a little familiar with, with some of your music mm-hmm. and to see some of the performances that you do. Um, I have to tell you, first of all, I was very taken with uh, the very cool violin that you have. Oh, thank you. Right, That's a really nice instrument. And of course, uh, it's it's made for... Live performance. Because yeah, it's, of course. It's, it's, it is electric violin yeah. and it has a, actually a quite um, cool story behind it, which is uh, the short version is that I got divorced, I sold the ring, and I bought that violin <laughs> with the money. <laughs> That's the short version of it. Okay. And I didn't have a viol- an electric violin and playing with bands that get so loud, you know, mm. when, because we have drums. Mm. And I used to play with all the band that it was more like rock and stuff. So I needed an electric violin. So it would amplify the sound. Yeah. That's why I have that one. Now, that was, of course, the one thing I thought was very cool because it, it just is a cool-looking instrument. <laughs> um, and I'm glad to see you, I guess, from a, a, a bad situation. You took something and made it positive. So. That's the Cuban way. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad to hear that. I was also very intrigued, of course, by the band mm-hmm. and the players that you have with you. Um, and, you know, I have to tell you, I, I thought it was so cool that the, the we actually get to hear the the musicians that are in the band play each of their instruments. They are soloed with it. It's so nice and refreshing to see people being actually able to musicians? play their instruments. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, that is the one thing that we're standing on for, which is uh, musicianship. Mm. And uh, everybody, the good thing about Okan is that, yes, we write the music, me and Magdalis, I, I write mm-hmm. more, most of the lyrics and the songs, and then Magdalis makes the, the super cool arrangements. Uh, but then we give the music to the musicians, and they can bring their own language. They mm. have to bring their own flavor to it, and they, of course, they always bring great ideas. But, for example, playing with Roberto Riveron, which is our bass player, mm-hmm. 
it's amazing. That guy is one of the best bass players in the world, like for mm. real. Mm. And he always has these super cool ideas. And playing with Miguel de Armas on piano sometimes. Mm. Uh, I say sometimes because we also play with Jeremy Lebetter. Mm. I don't know if you know, he's a jazz player, mm. a Canadian. Mm. And he's so incredible. So that's the other thing about Okan. We play with different musicians. So everybody's free to do their own thing. And it it is incredible because... It brings us uh, much more complexity and flavor, and every concert of Okan is different. Mm. That's the good thing. And you know, I'm glad you mentioned about the jazz because that's obviously very uh, mm-hmm. you're very influenced by that. Yes, you really get a strong sense of that when you see the band, the roots uh, that the, the Cuban, the, mm-hmm. the jazz, the 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 Afro uh, part of it. It's all there. And not only does it come out in your musicianship, but I have to say this because I thought this was so cool as well. Is that your your the way you dress yourselves? Oh. You have some wonderful clothing. Well, that is thanks to this Nigerian woman. Our of course our roots come from Africa, but mm. specifically in Cuba, most from uh, Nigeria. Mm. Um, we found this Nigerian um, designer that she's amazing. So we just go to her, and she makes all this um, custom made clothing for us. But the main reason that we do it not only because of we're honoring our traditions and our ancestors, it's also because we are bringing some color to this cold gray town. <laughs> it is cold here eight months out of the year yeah. and everybody dresses in black mm. or gray. Right. Like It's so dark. So we one day we said like, you know what? Our music is so colorful that mm. we have to dress up that colorful as well. So and it works, and it's so nice it, to yeah. see. It was so nice to see. So I, I had to point that out. So you're you're <laughs> going to get your eyes and your ears uh, uh, feasted, if I could use the word, uh, when you go to to imagine seeing the band live as well yes. as uh, seeing the band uh, in, perform some of their music on their website. So please go to check them out. Um, and uh, the other thing, so you mentioned your bass player. And mm-hmm. You have you yourself on vocals and violin. Yes. Uh, you have uh, Magdalene on percussion. On percussion and vocals. And vocals. Well. Yes. Uh, you have the, as you mentioned, the keyboard player. Yeah, we and have keyboard a, player. We have bass, and, and we drummer. have drums. Yes. A drummer. Yeah. And as you said, you you sort of mix and mingle with other other musicians. Yeah, on uh, the blending. CD you have like a trumpet player, you have a tress player, uh, because the CD, of course, you are more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks to the grants from Canada Council and Toronto mm-hmm. Arts mm-hmm. Council and Factor, you get to invite more people to your CD, <laughs> and uh, that also brings, for example, the tress is a. Um, a Cuban instrument. It's like a version of a guitar, mm-hmm. uh, but it was born in Cuba. So it's uh, we we invited Pabloski Rosales, which is one of the few people that play, play tres here, um, and it just brings that authenticity to the sound. How long has the band been around? Since the end of 2016. Okay. End of 2016. Now, yourself and, uh, and uh, I'm sorry. Magdalis. Magdalis, yes, yes. I got it. Thank you. Uh, how, how long have you guys known each other? We met when we were playing with uh, Makeke at beginning of 2016. Yes, okay. 2016. And um, then we toured there for a while. And then we just decided, Bill King, the piano player, uh, told us to... We should do something together because our voices melted, you know, blended really good. And I had music on my own, but I wasn't ready. I was like, no, 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 I cannot show this to anybody. But Mags 
um, yeah, we call it Mags. Mags. Mags, uh, Mags made me finish those songs and she made arrangements and she's like, yes, you can do this. And thanks to her, I'm actually writing music. I, I was not uh, hmm. confident enough to bring out my music. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, so tell me more about this this music. When did you guys decide to go into the studio, get this stuff ready and, and put it together? Well, uh, things got quite, let's say, complicated with other bands and other compromises and um we said you know what maybe we should just do this because it's our music it's something that we really want to do and and people are appreciating it so why don't we just do only this it was a very big risk because we were already with a well-known band playing with Jane Bonnet and Makeke mm. and touring all over and uh, it was a very bold move <laughs> by usually musicians that are already touring they're not leaving those gigs <laughs> mm, yeah uh but we say you know what our hearts are into this mm. and we should do it also we just didn't want to put up with other things so we decided to do this full on mm. and the music itself is speaking for for itself and now that we have the recognition of canada you know mm. like the junos is that that is something so big for us just because that is an approval of that move <laughs> that we did three years ago saying okay let's do this and Canada recognizing our hard work uh, it's really good so we just decided we have to record some so much music that we already have music for two CDs mm. so like the, the second one is already recorded mm. and it's coming out this next summer right and that's going to be called uh, Espiral okay um you know, and then you also have some gigs coming up, too. Yes. You've got the 19th uh, in Kingston. In Kingston at the Isabel. Oh, my yeah. God, I can't wait for that. <laughs> because right. it's like a beautiful theater. And uh, and the acoustic. and the per- I've been there as a, mm. as a part of the audience. Mm. So for me, being there at, with my own band right now, it means a lot. It really means a lot. And then uh, a couple more gigs to mention. Uh, May 9th, uh, you're in London. In London, and t- oh my God, you have you have our schedule. Yeah. <laughs> and then on April 1st, uh, you're in you're back in Toronto. Yes, uh, with the World Music Jazz Series at the Canadian Opera Company. I know we already have about almost 20 dates for the summer tour, ready line up. But we're looking for more dates, mm. so it it makes more sense. But especially we're looking for more Canadian dates. Mm. Tell me uh, something about what people will experience when they come to see you live. Definitely, they will experience joy. A lot of people tell us this right after we come off stage. Oh my God, you guys look so happy. You look mm. so, you look that you're enjoying this, and we are. Mm. Uh, they are definitely enjoying uh, our performance because we are doing that as well. But also because it's really hard to place Okan into one genre because we mm-hmm. are really big. We have a very big spectrum of different Cuban genres. They, what I can say is what they won't see or hear, which is salsa, because a lot of people mm. think about Cuban mm. music and sure. they think salsa right. or they think Buena Vista Social Club, mm. uh, which is not that either. Mm. And... Um, so you're just experiencing other Cuban genres in a 21st century 
kind of way. So, so just to add to that, here's what I have uh, from some of the material written about you. So you fuse Afro-Cuban roots with jazz, folk, Mm -hmm. global rhythms in songs about immigration, Mm -hmm. courage and love, creating a distinctive and personal music synthesis. Play accessible, soulful music and uh, take a palpable joy in playing it, which you just referred to. Mm Mm-hmm. And that sounds great, and I can't wait to see you guys, to be quite honest. I'm really looking forward to it now. And I, But coming back to the award about being in the World Music Album of the Year uh, Juno nomination for 2020, which, yeah. is, which is kind of cool. That's very cool. What? Uh, who, who are you up against? What do you know about the other people that, are, that you're up against? Well, I heard, I heard the music uh, of... The Okavango, of course, it's a it's this super great band that it's been around for a while, and also um, this is their second nomination mm. for the Junos. So, for us, honestly, this feels like a winning already. Like, oh yeah, sure. it feels great yeah. just to be recognized mm-hmm. um, Canada wide, you know. Um, and the other musicians are excellent. I. I don't remember there's this I think she's Italian, but I heard her C D and it's just wonderful as well. Um I think it's really it's really hard pick. I I, I I think that what you just said though is it you it already feels like a win. It does. And just to have those other people there and to be nominated in the category yeah. and to be nominated at all is, is and such going a, to a the Junos is amazing. I, yeah. I had a, a wonderful experience once I I, I went when it was in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Two times ago, I think. And uh, I have to say that the Junos treat the musicians and their artists way better than the Grammys. <laughs> I've been at the Grammys. Oh, yeah? Yes, and the Junos are like way better. Um, hey, say. there you go, Canada. Way <laughs> to go. <laughs> Just saying. That's nice to hear. Um, I think you, you uh, as you said, you, you, you saw you bring a violin into the studio, so mm-hmm. you uh, might be able to uh, uh, bring that out and do a little something for us. I'll do uh, my best. It would be great to end the conversation. We wish you all the best with Thank the, you. this and, all the, and the band members as well. Look forward to seeing you uh, perform live in the near future. And uh, as we mentioned, there's a couple of gigs coming up. They're in Kingston on the 19th at the Isabel uh, Bader Theatre, May 9th. They're in London, Ontario, and April 1st. They're at the World Music Jazz Series Canadian Opera Company, Toronto, Ontario. And mm-hmm. congratulations once again, Elizabeth. Thank we're you, so David. happy you were able to come into this to uh, to uh, be with us today. I'm so, so happy I'm here. Thank All you. Right, thank you. So we're going to take a short pause, and then uh, Elizabeth is going to perform live for us here in the studio. We're so grateful and thankful for that. Like I said, check them out online, OKAN. M-U-S-I-C-A dot com. Yep. And you can check them out, uh, download their material, I think, uh, buy stuff online, yes. and uh, watch those videos. Uh, we'll be right back and uh, have Elizabeth perform for us. Don't go away.
casa Eres un tono una hueye Eres un tono una hueye Eres un tono una hueye Burukutu masa Eres un tono una hueye Great, Elizabeth Rodriguez from the band Ocan, and they are up for their debut album uh, coming up for the um, World Music Album of the Year Award, um, and that's coming up for the Junos. I'd like to welcome my next guest uh, on the show. She is calling in from Winnipeg. It's a pleasure to have her on the line. Her name is Renee Lamoureux, and she is a Juno nominee nominated in the Adult Contemporary Album of the Year for 2020. And, uh, Renee, it's a pleasure to have you on the line with us. Thank you so much. Great to be here. And uh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Now, if I'm, if I'm correct, this isn't your first nomination. I think you were, uh, you've been nominated before? Actually, no, this is my first Juno. First uh, Juno, Juno right. But you, you, did, uh, you won Best Female Artist for the Year in 2060 in, at the Manitoba Country Music Awards. That's right, yes. And then with my former band... Um, I had won a Western Canadian Music Award as well. Uh, what was that band? Ah, we were called Keith and Renee. Okay. Yeah, we were together like, well, 15 years. Mm. Now, <laughs> Renee... Yeah, definitely first Juno award, uh, nomination. Well, congratulations on that. And you're in there with some good company. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say. Brian Adams, not a bad person to be up against, uh, you know, in the category, just to be nominated there. Honestly, when I saw that, I was like, that's, that's a win right there, just mm. to be in the same category. And I mean, I've been listening, I listened to him growing up, so mm. he's super inspiring to me. Yeah, for sure. Now, Renee, how would you categorize, you know, because we, we always see all these categories with the Junos and things. Um, yeah. when, when you see Adult Contemporary, right, award, what does that mean yeah. to you? How do you, how does that, how do you, th- do you think that describes your music accurately? Actually, it does, because um, often I, I have a really hard time with genre because I always feel like I'm a little pop, I'm a little mm. country, folk. Mm-hmm. Like, so 
I find it's kind of neat that I'm in the ad, um, adult contemporary because I always say that to people. Like, my music's like adult contemporary. So I would just say it's like, I don't know, easy listening, mm. a little more on the pop side. <laughs> um, that's how I see it. Yeah. Now, um, you know, I, I, but it's, it's uh, very well produced. I mean, you know, it sounds great. Yeah, thank you. Um, the name of the album is Empower. And uh, you've been, this, you're an independent artist as well, though. I am, yep. Um, I've always been independent. Uh, this is my third solo album, and it was produced by Marie Pulver here in Winnipeg. Uh, Marie's actually produced all my albums. I love mm. working with him. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I kind of, like, sat on that whole empower word for a long time because it's a trendy word right now, so I'm just like, oh, do I call my album empower um i had a i had a song on the album called that mm. so i kept going back and forth with that but then i i kind of realized you know what it it stands true to where i am right now in my life like uh, in my music career even in like you know my personal like aside from the music and um i was just like yeah i'm, I'm gonna go for it this is how i feel and so i called it empower oh that's great and uh it, it's it's nice to hear uh that you know you're moving forward this that you have been nominated for this uh, this empower album but you know if going back to what you were saying about how your music crosses between uh different genres pop and country um you know soulful powerful as well it, as I'm I'm reading this and sweet and gentle now and your lyrics talk about empowerment which is which is neat as an independent artist do you feel that you have more control around the things that you produce on your own? Is that one of the reasons that you are either independent or uh, have been independent? Well, I've always like been independent. Um, I th- I've never tried super hard to go after like a label or, or like even with my, my last band, you know, like because we put out six albums. Mm. Um, and it just always seemed to work. Like... If, and it's not like labels were calling us, or mm. you know what I mean? Or, so, <laughs> so for us, it, and for, for myself too as a solo artist, it's, it's nice to know, especially in our country, is that you can still actually make a living as an independent artist because we have so many great, like, uh, lots of support through uh, grants that you can apply for and, like, you know, like from from touring to traveling to, to almost everything, really. Mm. And um, and so sh- there might have been a small time where, you know, we or I was going after a label, but not mm-hmm. totally. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yes, at the end of the day, I have full control for sure. But, I mean, there's there's obviously, like, I think ups and downs or pros and cons to both because oftentimes, like, I'm wearing many hats, and it yeah. can get really exhausting. And so, obviously, when you have a strong team behind you, so many other things can happen. Like, so, yeah, I guess there are pros and cons to, to both sides. Well, that's interesting in how you say that, because as you were talking, I was thinking exactly what you, you just said, that I, you have to wear many hats as an independent. But, but in, I guess in some ways, that is, you, you are your own business, uh, so you're you're an entrepreneur in many ways. It's just that music happens to be your form of business. Yeah, for sure. And quite honestly, like 
this is all I, I know, mm-hmm. um, being an independent artist. So I think for me, if, if I did transition into a label and all, like, that's like the unknown for me. And I think that would be a challenge and not to say I'm not open to it, but because mm-hmm. I, I think that's another thing is it has to be the right team, like on, on both sides, like myself, like as an artist, I would have to really connect right to people and for them to and they would have to connect with me like for us to want to work together because it's like being in like in a family mm. <laughs> I can only imagine so um yeah i think it would be about finding the right team to work with you now when you say family uh and and you as an independent it's not that you are on your own you do do a lot of things i'm sure on your own f- to represent yourself but it, you have aside from the musicians that you play with that, that back you up and, and you, you, you work with that way, as you mentioned, you've got a producer. I'm sure you have a, probably a manager. You've probably got a publicist and those kind of things that, that work with you as well, right? Uh, up to now, no, like I don't have a manager. Oh. Um, but yes, like I do hire a publicist, um, kind of like, you know, when, when I put out the album sort of thing or mm. if you're going on tour, so, so things like that for sure. And um Actually, it was the first time just a few months ago I hired, like, a social media team, which is really cool. Mm. Um, so, yeah, definitely it's great to have people like that working with you. And, um, and of course, yes, when you're making the album, that's when you've got, like, quite a big team with you for sure, from the musicians and the producer and, you know, person mixing it. And, yeah, so there's a lot of people playing a role uh, in the making of the album. I just want to jump in and, and mention to everyone that you're listening to Moment of Truth. This is Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. I'm your host, David Moses, and my guest is Renee Lamoureux, and she is a Juno nominee for 2020 in the category of Adult Contemporary Album of the Year. And once again, congratulations to Renee. She's on the line with us from Winnipeg. Uh, Renee, you have some gigs that are coming up uh, in the near future. I see you've got three uh, right in a row in in Saskatoon in March. Yeah, well, I'm going to be a part of the um, the kickoff on Friday uh, next week, mm-hmm. um, and it's like the uh, Indigenous ceremony just mm-hmm. to kind of kick off the whole weekend. So I'm really looking forward to that and connecting with the artists and um, and yeah, like. Uh, just being at the Junos is going to be so exciting and taking, I mean, I, I have gone before, but now to actually be a part of it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, um, it was a surprise to me. <laughs> so I am just like so excited to be a part of it. That's great. Congratulations. And as you mentioned, you're, you're, uh, you're, you have an indigenous background. Yes, I'm Métis. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, and is it uh, from the Winnipeg area? So it, um, on my mother's side, my, my grandfather, they, the, the whole generation down there um, is from Lorette, Manitoba. So mm-hmm. it's, it's south of Winnipeg, about mm-hmm. 20 minutes. And um, actually, most of the, the small towns in, in, from south of um, Winnipeg or like south, southern Manitoba would be like Métis towns and um, French Métis. And so that's where my family is, is from. Mm. Now, as an independent artist, you've been doing this how long now? This is my 23rd year. <laughs> Congratulations, that's great. 
Well, it really is. Listen, congratulations to be not only an independent artist, but as you pointed out, to be able to make a living uh, and support yourself doing this. That's, that's great. Yeah, and, um, you know, that was sort of like calling the album Empower. Like, when I was writing this album, I turned 40, mm-hmm. and I couldn't help but... I think with every album, like, you're always at a, a new place in your life, and, and that was, like, a big number for me, and mm. I was just like, wow, can I, can I still continue to do this? Like, I started kind of doubting myself, mm. and just because of my age, and I'm just like, like, I'm st- I still love writing, I still love making music and performing, and so, but there was a pause there for me, like, okay, you know, kind of, what is my purpose for continuing this? And, and so that was... Um, that kind of brought on the whole, like, even just writing it and um, just kind of reassuring myself that, you know, age is just a number. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and I mean, I think it's great to, you know, um, still having opportunity to be able to pursue music. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, as I said, that's wonderful that you're able to do that. And then you've been doing this as an independent, supporting yourself. Uh, in many ways, you are a role model for younger artists coming up, uh, I'd say, especially uh, female artists. Yeah, oh, thank you. Right, well, I mean, it, you can't help but be a role model because you've been doing this for a while and you've been successful at it and, and, and being able to, to uh, uh, support yourself and, uh, and be successful. So that in itself is an accomplishment and, and it's one that uh, needs to be pointed out, I believe. Thank you so much. <laughs> now, of course, you, you, the other thing you mentioned is about each album that you put out. And mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, does it get, has it gotten any easier for you over time? Uh, I think of music and creating anything as a sort of giving birth to a child. You know, Once you do that and you, you've produced it, it's out there, it's on its own. Right? It's like it's like okay, there you go. Now you go. Do, I did all my work, put this into you to 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 producing it, getting it all done the best that I can have it done. Now it has to stand on its own, just like any other child that you would. You yeah, would have. for sure. Music has changed so much, as we all know, mm. um, from like when I started this career, and like it's it's like it's a whole new ball game now. And um, like even when I I made this album, I actually made physical copies, which I was like, oh, why, why am I doing this? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, nobody's buying this anymore. Right. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a whole new game, but I feel like, like the digital world has been working for me. Like, you know, Sirius XM is, is amazing. And, mm. and here, like in Winnipeg, we have so much support. Well, well like I was through NCI, but I, I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, um, uh, the indigenous stations and, and like so and even like yeah the country stations have been great f- to me too and so it's just um the support is still there um and i think you just have to think outside the box mm. in a sense as as an artist now like but i think people still actually sell physical copies like at shows depending on your audience right but um yeah like i've never only made music like i've always had other um jobs as well and sure and um yeah so i think it's just about being creative i don't know if i answered your question there <laughs> no i i know what you're saying though about uh and it's good to know because i think for artists that are getting into this line of work as you pointed out that it's uh you've had to do other things i think that most artists 
uh, have to take on other jobs to support themselves and, and be uh, versatile uh, to support themselves. And, and like you said, the digital world has changed. Even here at the station, uh, we do get uh, handed uh, physical copies of things, but uh, yeah. this station is very new. And it is a digitally based station, meaning we can't even import CDs. So, um, you know, it's it, it has changed. It really has changed. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think there's like there's pros and cons to both sides. Like I, I think it opens the door for for so many new things to happen and for the the career to go in a whole different direction. And I mean, we see it on social media and you know YouTube and mm. so. Yeah, I think I think there's good to it for sure. Uh, Renee, if people want to uh, have a look at your uh, at your material and learn more about you, um, they can they can look you up online. Yeah, you can just uh, well, my website is. ReneeLamoureux.ca, mm-hmm. um, but my music is on all the platforms yep. uh, wherever they listen to their music, and um, I, I think I'm pretty easy to find on Instagram. It's mm-hmm. Renee Lamoureux Band. Mm-hmm. Facebook is Renee Lamoureux Music. And what else? Uh, what else can you tell us about the album uh, oh. that this that this album brings uh, that you you maybe haven't done before, or or that it encompasses uh, on your trip through the through listening to this album? Sure. Well, yeah, like that song, "Stay Young Forever." I um, I, ha- I don't have children, <clears throat> but I have six nieces and nephews <laughs> who um, are very close to me, and they range from the age three to eight, and. Um, I love them like they're my own. <laughs> mm. So they, they really brought a lot of inspiration to this album because, mm. um, I mean, I already feel young. I don't, I don't feel like I'm in my 40s. Mm. But when I'm with them, it's like they just keep me young at heart and they're just, as all children are, they're so innocent and so funny. <laughs> and um, So that song is, uh, is inspired by them. For- Stay Young Forever. What a great title and a great uh, way to introduce the track and also to tell us uh, that it was inspired by your nieces and nephews. Uh, that's wonderful in itself right there. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. We wish you all the best and uh, congratulations with your nominee. Have a great show, uh, Junos, as you are a part of, the, uh, uh, of that whole uh, process that's going to be happening. Yes, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to it and I really appreciate all your support. All right, we're going to listen uh, to this track uh, by Renee Lamoureux as we head out. Don't go away. We're going to be right back here on Moment of Truth with more right here on Element FM. Let's give it a listen. Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That is 95.7 in Ottawa and 106.5 in Toronto or anywhere across the country. If you download the Radio Player Canada app and type in 95.7 ELMNTFM or 106.5 ELMNTFM and you can listen on your device of choice anywhere across the country 24 hours a day. I would like to welcome my next guests to the show. They are on the line, and it is a pleasure to welcome Scylla and Rise. Now, you might think that's two people just because it's Scylla and Rise, but you'd be mistaken. It's actually three people. And on the line with me, I have Cynthia Pitsalak. Hi. Thank you. Charlotte Kemenick, if I have that yeah. correct. And DJ Eric Rise. So welcome, you guys. Did I get that right? Yeah, my name's Rise, yeah, so you can call me Rise, that's fine. And uh, you got uh, Charlotte Hamanik and uh, Cynthia Pizzulak on the line as well. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, guys. It's a pleasure to have you all here. 
And, uh, you know, uh, congratulations, I must say, first of all, because the reason we're talking with you is partly because of your uh, Juno nomination for the World Music Album of the Year 2020. Uh, and uh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Koyanamik, uh, that's the, one of the words I learned when I was uh, up uh, in the north there for a little while. Uh, and uh, the other one I, I learned right off the top, I'll tell you, is the, uh, the dialect from uh, in Akwiat. It was uh, Matna. Yeah, there's Nakotmi, Matna, Koyanamik, and probably a few others that I'm missing right now. <laughs> That's right. Oh, listen, I had uh, the pleasure of catching some of your material uh, it, it, that's being nominated, and I have to tell you that I found it really, really interesting, very cool, and uh, and really like the blend of things that you guys are, are putting together. And uh, in that regard, uh, as I just mentioned, uh, DJ Rise, and, and the both of you incorporating uh, Inuit throat singing with this, and you guys are, are blending these traditional Indian, uh, Inuit throat singing with electronic dance music, specifically futuristic dance floor beats. But I think what I really thought was cool about all this was how you guys describe it as these things having, uh, having something in common, and that is that there's a battle between performers. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's definitely um, one of the components of it. I mean, in in hip hop specifically, the the battle aspect is central to the to the aesthetic. So, mm-hmm. I think that crosses over very well with the you know the the throat singing, and maybe Cynthia and Charlotte can talk about the throat singing aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, in the Canadian Arctic, uh, Inuit throat singers are traditionally done by women as a as a friendly competition between the two to see who can go the longest without losing their breath or coughing or messing up. Um, we're singing the same sounds at different timing um, and we're speeding up and we're slowing down and um, it's just a really fun um, competition between the singers. And then we have Rise who we've incorporated um, who also does he's included in the competition. So sometimes when Rise starts to speed up, Cynthia and I speed up as well when we're throat singing or when Cynthia and I speed up or slow down, it's Rise's job to stay on beat with us. So yeah, it's definitely um, a fun little battle that happens on stage with us. Yeah, interesting. I just want to go back and, and let people know that Scylla uh, and Rise, the word Scylla is actually an inuktitut word meaning weather. And uh, that's why I was saying at the top that you'd be mistaken if you thought this was just uh, two people. Um, and uh, I, I really like what you said there. I, I, I had to, I have to ask, how early are girls introduced to throat singing in the North? It's, um, it's a part of our life. So it, there's no age limit to like mm-hmm. when you're introduced. Um, I have two kids myself and mm-hmm. I was singing when they, when I was pregnant with them both. Um, so once, and it's also a great way to lull a child to sleep. So mm-hmm. in our culture, Inuit have what's called an amautik, which is a homemade garment um, that we wear to carry our babies on our backs. Mm-hmm. And so when we're singing, um, we're using our our voice, our breath, and our throat. And there's a lot of vibrations that are happening when we're doing this. And when our babies and children are on our backs, um, they can really feel that vibration, and we're also swaying, and you know we're making melodic sounds and songs, and so 
you know, I didn't even need to teach my kids how to sing just because they were already, um, they were exposed to it, you know, when they were in my womb. So there's really no, um, there's no, you know, time in our life when it's, where it's introduced. Unfortunately, um, for, you know, Cynthia and I, we were not exposed to it very much when we were growing up um, because of, you know, colonization and, you know, the impact that the church had and um, the attempted assimilation. So we didn't really hear it very much, but now this generation hears it all the time. And so it's just, it's kind of, it depends on where you are, where you grew up, and, you know, if you had anybody in your life who was singing. Mm. I appreciate what you said about uh, the young and about that, that whole thing about carrying your, your, your child on your back uh, and that child being, of course, right against your, your, your back as you're carrying them. And, and that's the first thing I thought of when you said uh, that, that vibration, the resonating that would go through your body that the child would feel. Um, I, I can I really see how that would be uh, something that would help and be very soothing to the child uh, and, and, uh, and, and help. You know, the other thing I think about when I, th- when I, I think one of the things that is fascinating about throat singing is it, it's, it, it's just uh, such a, a fascinating uh, art form to watch because not only the interaction of, of what's going on between the two people that are doing it, but it it seems like something that is very difficult to sustain. It, it's almost it's almost like like the the, the performers are doing something um, un, very unnatural, and 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 that's what makes it so so beautiful to listen to and to hear and to hear these wonderful sounds that come out of of the people voicing them. I think that's one of the reasons why we love it so much. Is you know, we're sharing this really powerful connection and, you know, it gives us like a sense of home, I guess, you know, because we grew up in the Arctic and we're, you know, we um, grew up in our culture. And, you know, when we moved away, Charlotte and I started practicing to kind of stay closer to home. And that's, you know, how it feels when we sing together. So... You guys have been doing this, uh, I think, for a while, since 2005 or so. Is that right? Uh, Cynthia and I have been singing together um, for over 15 years. I think it was, it's been about, I don't know, has it been 13 years? Mm. 15? I'm not too sure. Early 2000s, anyways, when Cynthia and I began learning how to throat sing. So mm. we've been singing together for quite some time. But it's been... Um, when did we release our first album, guys? How long has Silla and Rise 20, been? 2016. 2016, yeah. So it's yeah. been about four years um, with, with us as a trio, but Cynthia and I have been singing together for much longer than that. And, and that's, uh, your, that was your debut album, correct? And that was also uh, for, in, uh, in, in the, the uh, Junos for 2017. That's right. Uh, so, uh, Rise, you're you're uh, you're on there now. I, I wanted to ask you, uh, when did you come into the fold with with uh, Cynthia and 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 Charlotte? And also, when you guys start to work t- on material together, um, what what comes first, or does there is there a first? Is it the throat singing and the rhythmicality of things that are going back between the two of you, or is or Rise? Are you pulling in some some beats first, or how's that how's that work? 
Yeah, so we started working together. Cynthia and I actually had worked on a different project before, and um, I was approached by a museum to do a bunch of remixes for some an Arctic exhibit that they had, and then found out they had a bigger budget, so we were able to bring actual people into this process. And so Cynthia I thought of right away, and Cynthia brought Charlotte into it. And so we, we worked on this exhibit, uh, and we ended up presenting the material live. It was like a one-hour set that we did for this. It was at the Museum of Nature in Ottawa. And uh, and then we just had all this material and started turning it into an album and eventually released the record in 2016. Um, so when we first started working, it was kind of a, an experiment. And uh, you know, the live iteration has, has gone through several different iterations of, of how we do it, um, you know, working with samplers or doing it more as a DJ working with them and then looping and all that. And then finally we settled on this new method where I just basically play as a percussionist and uh, it, it lets me play in the same spontaneous manner that they're playing mm. and singing. Uh, so it's really freestyle. There's a lot of improvisation. Um, it's, you know, very much like, um, like, a, like jazz musicians playing mm. together. You know, we have some set structures and we know sort of the themes and the, the, the general lines of what we're working with, but it, it can change from, you know, very, very slow to very, very fast. And it's really very freestyle. It's, 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 unusual the you know the music that we end up playing is very unusual because the tempo is very widely Mm. uh but but you know i'm a i'm a dance music producer and so and a dj and i I dance and so you know very much that aesthetic of the nightclub is is always kind of part of what we do and so you know some of our best shows are where it's like a a music festival an after party you know and uh, you know those kinds of parties where you know people want to dance like Mm. we we love playing for dance floors when we when we play soft cedars it's not it's not the same show we do we do it (laughs) And we enjoy doing it, but it's it's not the same energy as a, as a as a concert where people are on their feet and they're dancing. Uh, so that's really you know where I think the music really shines the most. And uh, in terms of the creativity and the the process of coming up with material, like it, it there's a whole you know on the album there's there's 13 songs and they're they're each each of them has been you know devised differently. So some of them will come up with uh, where where Cynthia and Charlotte have you know, a, a very de- definite idea of what they're doing. And, and I'm just kind of coming up with compliments to work with them. Uh, and then others all make a beat initially and they'll find something spontaneously because they compose as well. You know, they'll, they'll compose new, new songs and come up with different concepts and, you know, and then other times it's kind of more of a mix of both where we take something that they're doing, something that I'm doing, and we kind of come, come up with a, a way to make it work together. So it's, it's really not, uh, not always the same thing. A lot of the times, like some of the songs on the album, actually the title track on the album just came out of when we were in the studio and we were just jamming. And uh, it was just us playing around and we ended up coming up with this groove. And we actually had the, <laughs> we actually had the mics on at the time and you can hear us coming up with the, the, the song that ended up being the title track on the album, Galactic Gala. So, mm-hmm. um, and it's, uh, you know, it's just fun. Like we, we try to keep this, the, the creativity flowing and try to keep it different every time. And it makes it more fun for us that way as well. So. Yeah, okay. And, and, you know, I have heard that uh, that reference you made about uh, jazz and freestyle uh, before in terms of, of throat singing and, uh, and this kind of thing, which is, which is very cool. Um, and uh, also, though, I, I guess um, I like what you were just saying about the difference between saying a concert and doing a live performance and, and, and the energy differences that are there. But of course, uh, throat singing is of course extremely rhythmic in its in, in its form. It just uh, it's it's a wonderful, I guess, way to launch and work with that in in what you were talking about in in both of those 
those uh, areas, uh, whether it's a concert and or uh, a, a live performance in, in a dance environment kind of thing. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful rhythmic art form. And Cynthia and Charlotte are just, you know, world-class, um, you know, musicians. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's, it's amazing. I feel very blessed that I'm able to interact with them in this way. Because it's normally a very, you know, it's not a culture that you're exposed to growing up in, in, you know, southern Canada. I didn't, I had no idea of it up until about uh, six, seven years ago. I'd never even heard it. So mm. it's wonderful. <laughs> this is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. My guests on the line, and we're so happy to have all three of them on the line with us. Uh, Cynthia, Cynthia Pitsalak. We have Charlotte, if I've got this right, Kamenik. I'm probably not saying that correctly. It's coming up, but you're close enough. <laughs> we also have uh, DJ Rise on the line as well. Uh, thanks again for, for joining us, guys, Koyanamik, uh, 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 for doing this. Uh, I have a question for Cynthia and Charlotte, and that is uh, throat singing seems to sound like it's very uh, taxing on the voice, uh, very hard, very uh, difficult to sustain uh, is that something that you like any other vocal technique or style that that uh, you just work at and, and build up? Um, it, it's just because of those the the guttural and the kind of things that you guys are producing, um, you know that it, that that I that makes me think that. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's very difficult to start learning how to throat sing because there's very specific areas of your throat that you need to. Um, work out when you're singing and it can be really painful in the beginning but it's just like any other muscle in your body where Mm. you know you you start working it out and when you when you're first working it out it's going to be sore it's going to be painful but if you just keep going at it it gets stronger and so with Cynthia and I having sung for so long um, we've gotten to a point where we can sing for long periods of time I mean you know our stuff usually lasts um, we can go between like 40 minutes to an hour just doing throat singing um, for the entire set. So that comes with a lot of practice, lots of dedication, and just constantly like working that part of our throats out so that we can continue to sing. Yeah, we also have to learn how, like when to breathe in and out mm. so that you don't hyperventilate, hyperventilate or anything like that. Like takes so much practice to you know be able to breathe in, in and out while doing guttural sounds, and then we have to also like hear each other. Like she's making a sound, and then I have to mm. you know simultaneously make that exact same sound that she made, and then she can switch it up at any time. So I have to like also practice hearing her so that I could follow her. Right. Uh, lots of techniques. Yeah, the other thing I think of, and I imagine this is probably something that, uh, and I'm guessing again, once again, but because there is that connection between the two people that are doing this and that rhythmicality, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that it, it's almost meditative-like. It almost feels like that, and especially with that that uh, reverberation and, and things that are resonating that's going on. You guys are tapping into different parts of your body when you're doing that, I'm sure that, that you can feel that right through you. Yeah, it's been described as being very mesmerizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely very, like, meditative. Like, Cynthia and I sometimes start singing. And we can we just kind of get lost into space and just get into this rhythm um, and this, like, motion. 
and it's it's definitely has a lot to do with the connection between the singers. Um, you can tell how long singers have been singing together by how close they get when they're singing and how how quickly they can switch up and how quickly they can mm. change their pace and whatnot. So yeah. Cool. It sounds like just like any other uh, performance uh, art that goes on where people are engaged in working with each other. Um, the other thing I think about, though, uh, is because you guys are engaged and very uh, visually engaged with each other, looking right into each other's eyes, there's that element that was brought up early uh, about uh, the battle. And uh, I guess, that, you know, when, when either what might be considered a mistake or something goes wrong or, or there's a little trip in the voice and it, it strikes someone as humorous, uh, then the two of you could, I guess, fall right off the, the deep end and start laughing, as you said. It, it, I think that's, that's also probably part of this uh, very live interaction process. Yeah, it totally is. Um, but I mean, it also, you know, when we're putting on a show, we can't just stop, <laughs> stop a song if we've gone in a minute and somebody mm. decides that. You know, it's um, it's a little bit humorous. So we're also, you know, it takes that commitment to continue singing and to just like um, just be persistent in getting through the entire song without stopping. So that's another kind of um, ability that we need to have as performers. But if we're doing it just for fun, then, yeah, there's things that you can do like. You know, sometimes if Cynthia and I are just doing a traditional comp- competition song just for the fun of it, then we can start kind of looking at each other in the eyes. We can try to throw each other off in different ways mm. by making different sounds or faces. One of us will make like a really funny sound and we notice it and it's actually like really funny. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, listen, guys, congratulations on your nomination for World Music Album of the Year 2020 and the Juno nominations coming up next week. Uh, I think it's the 14th of March uh, in Saskatoon. Uh, congratulations to all of you. The uh, music sounds wonderful. I wish you all the best in the future. We look forward to seeing you. Before you go, do you guys have any uh, up- upcoming dates? We're uh, going to be in uh, Winnipeg on uh, summer solstice for um, June 21st. Um, so that's going to be that's going to be a big one. We're we're right now we're working on new stuff, working on new material. All right, sounds good. Uh, once again, appreciate you guys taking the time and getting all on the line together to do this. It's been fun, and I really appreciate you guys. And congratulations once again uh, for your your Juno nominee and uh, and all the best in the future as well. We look forward to speaking to you guys again and hearing more material material from you guys as well. Thank you very much. All right, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, they, that is uh, uh, Scylla and Rise. They uh, combined Cynthia Pitsilak, Charlotte Kwamenik, and Rise, and they were on the line uh, for us uh, to take part in the show. Congratulations to them for their World Music Album of the Year nomination for 2020 in the Juno category. And that's uh, our show for today. We appreciate you listening and taking part in the show as well. Be sure to catch us next time right here on Element FM and Moment of Truth. Until then, we'll see you. I also want to say Nyawa Miigwech Wanishi and thank you to everyone who helps put Moment of Truth together. They include in Ottawa, Jill Kennedy and Caroline O'Neill. In Toronto, Andrew Johnson, Luca Capone, Kathy Zabokin, Andrew St. Germain. Nyawa Miigwech and thanks for listening.